Kerry Adams and you're listening to Kerry's Connoisseurs coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Well, hello everybody. Today is Monday the 9th, I think. There's not that it matters. Welcome to Carrie's Connoisseurs. In studio with me, I've got Heidi Dumini. I think I know you as Heidi Vine. <laughs> or Rosenthal, maybe. Or Rosenthal, there's too many. <laughs> Welcome to Carrie's Connoisseurs. Thank, Thank you, you Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. So Heidi is the principal. She's the head girl of the Cape Wine Academy in South Africa. And she's been doing that since 2020. Very successfully so. It's not an easy job to do. It's on your hands and knees begging and pleading for money. It's on your hands begging and pleading for students. <laughs> it's and lecturers and everything. But she's more than just that. I've known Heidi for we won't say it's gonna give away <laughs> many vintages. It's gonna give away <laughs> many loads vintages. of vintages, good and bad. <laughs> Through she was the Verve Clico girl. Which is when I first met you, I think. That's when right. you were the Verve Clico girl and boy was she ever a Verve Clico. She walked talked, breathed, drank, <laughs> smoked, lived, dreamt, Verve Clico. And we went to France together. That's No, you, you went, I went with, with Karen Henschel, maybe. Correct. You went with the sales team. Yeah, I did. We had a gorgeous time. She was, she is the quintessential Verve Clico girl. And Tim Hutchinson, I think he must still feel the loss of that energy that you brought to DGB. <laughs> Although DGB, how brilliant. They just got another award. They're the on the day. rise. They're brilliant. That's brilliant. Hutchinson. We love him. Yes. He does his stuff. He's a fabulous guy. Amazing leader. So you worked with DGB for how long, Hard? Ten years. Mm. 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 It was a great experience. And really established herself as yeah. the bubbly lady. I mean, if Peter Ferreira is Bubbles Ferreira, the the masculine. <laughs> Here's the divine masculine. You're the divine f feminine because you really are Mrs. Bubbles of South Africa. Well, First love, only love, forever love. Well, I always like to say I really like white wine. I love red wine, but I have this mad passionate affair with Bubbles. You know, this is, I keep on telling everybody, keep that passion for the bedroom, <laughs> That's What does Andrew feel? <laughs> You're more passionate about a bottle of Verve Clico. Anyway, maybe you get, you do actually, truth be known, we do get more fun out of a bottle of Verve Clico. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> no, so you know, Bubbles is your passion. It really, is, it really. is. You know, it was really um, at DGB where I was exposed to representing, um, teaching and selling um, sparkling wine and champagne um, and my heart will always be yellow Verve is always very deeply um, set in my heart but um, w when I was working with Graham Beck uh, that was amazing to be there from almost the beginning Yeah, and um, it was really clear to me that champagne is all grown up and can look after itself whereas Cap Classique is on such a great trajectory of its journey. You know, it's only 52 years into its journey and there's such exciting things happening. And this is where we're carving a niche, we're carving an identity, we're really finding out what Cap Classique should be, not Cap Classique that tastes like champagne. Mm. I, think it's a, I think it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a journey that the whole South African wine industry is going on, really. Mm. If you think of it. Correct. Because we so-called new world, mm. which we aren't really, <laughs> no. we're quite old world, but that's an argument that I have all the time. 
this thing's scratchy, scratchy on my brain. And I've got these children who hook me up and wire me in and boss me about. And this thing is scratching me, Brennan. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to live with it. Um, <laughs> I just remember for next time, this is a scratchy mic. Um, itching with curiosity. <laughs> so we're not really... Um, we're not really new world as as Argentina or Chile or Napa even. We're 400 years old in our wine industry. That's quite old already. Correct. But I think because of the beginnings of our wine industry and because of the forefathers, and the reason why we have a wine industry in the Cape is because of the French. Mm-hmm. Let's be dead honest. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have one if it wasn't for those French Huguenots. Well, and those Dutch settlers. And those Dutch settlers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Europe really that brought... Yeah. Vines to South Africa, mm-hmm. and this—you can't cut yourself off from your own DNA. So their DNA was planted into the soil when they planted vines for us, mm-hmm. and that's how it grew up. Mm-hmm. So we sort of took over that mantle from them, trying to be French in South Africa. Oh well, aspiring. Do you know what I mean? Is that I think that it's also because they're so established. The European winelands are so closely related to history and culture through decades and millennia mm. that um, they've really, really got a sense of self and a confidence that is tried and tested. Well earned, so as well. and well, well earned, earned yeah. and and yeah. deserves the respect, <laughs> the entire respect of an industry that strives for excellence. So they're always going to be the holy grail, right? And mm. everyone's always going to try and be as good as that, but mm. they don't have to replicate it That's to be as good. So I was chatting to him, uh, Anthony Hamilton Russell, not so long mm. ago, and I really do, you know, over the years we watch the trajectory of some of these wineries and, and some regions. Of them, oh, it's man. And very happily for me, um, Appalachian control is sort of happening, um, what's the word, organically. It's just happening by itself, really. Geographical. It's just forcing itself in where it <laughs> needs to force itself in. You can't plant daffodils in Cape Town. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's sort of starting to happen organically anyway. And his Pinot Noir and, and Paul Kluver. Their Pinot Noir is so delicious. Mm. It's so not Burgundian. Mm-mm. It's not. No, no matter which way you slice up that cake, it's just not going to be Burgundy, and we don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. But it is establishing itself as something very South African and very nice. Mighty fine. Mighty fine. But there are two categories that I always say South Africa sticks out. A tall poppy syndrome. And one is bubbles. Yes. And one is stickies. Yes. Sticky and port. Yeah, and there's another we one. There's another one. Brandy. Oh, brandy. Yeah. We forgot about that, but that's brandy. not really wine. Well, it's distilled. sort of. It's distilled wine. Distilled wine. <laughs> but it's, it's another one. And we <laughs> do, and it's gorgeous. Some yeah. of that brandy. <laughs> if you think about how much you've got to pay for a bottle of cognac. Correct. And we can have, we should have Winnie here with us. We should. <laughs> we, Winnie Bowman. <laughs> um... If you think how much you pay for a bottle of cognac and that you can buy a KWV, five-year-old even, Mm -hmm. for, I don't know, 180 rand or something, not Mm. even, hey? Outstanding. Just outstanding. Really, brandy. We should encourage everybody to drink more brandy. We should. We're going to be hunted out of town. Everybody says alcohol is dangerous. It is. Just do it in your own home. 
But the same applies to Kaplasik. The relative value is off the charts. Exactly. So that's why I've got you here. Mm-hmm. And here we are rabbiting on about all kinds of other things. But that's <laughs> the sort of background of why I wanted to speak to, to Heidi. There are a couple of other things. We're going to speak about the Cape Wine Academy mm-hmm. as well, because mm-hmm. um, she is the head prefect there. <laughs> and recently chaired the panel for the Amarim Cup Classic competition in South Africa, Amarim Cork. Should we even start talking about Cork? No, not well. Amarim is amazing in supporting um, the category of Cup Classic and has been mm. for 22 years. Um, it, they've really backed the category. And 22 years ago, Cup Classic was nowhere compared to where it is now. Um, and it's been a, an absolute pivotal part of giving it a platform yeah. um, as a showcase of the progress year after year after year. Yeah. Well, I jump from the rooftop, rooftops and I shout and scream about cork, and I always have done. And I've been very unpopular <laughs> for many, many years. But, you know, everything, as I say, my life works in a circle. Everything is 360 degrees like that. And it all has to come straight back to where it was <laughs> eventually. And, I don't know, 30-something years ago when I entered the wine industry in South Africa and everybody was saying, you've got to have the screw cap. Oh, screw cap. Everybody's good. And I still maintain, if you want screw cap, go and buy a bottle of Coke. <laughs> really, honestly. We don't mind having it on a... There's a time and a place and yeah, a price point. And we don't yeah. mind having mm-hmm. it on a bottle of Coke. Mm-hmm. The guy at Coca-Cola didn't plant the Coke. He didn't spend hours puffing and blowing all over it. He didn't... He didn't fall in love with that bottle of Coke. He didn't pray to it at <laughs> night and say, please come up nicely in six months time you know and he didn't do any of that nope. nobody cares there's no romance in a bottle of coca-cola so give him a screw cap it doesn't matter but <laughs> <laughs> but the wine yeah. we need to put that wine in a beautiful glass bottle when i saw a plastic bottle of wine i nearly had a i nearly had a heart attack mm. i said to the back simon back they had those pet bottles you remember i remember no <laughs> Out came a plastic bottle filled with wine with a screw cap on the top. I mean, that, that honestly, I had to go to confession that Thursday. So how did you feel about cans? <laughs> cans. And I believe they're just setting up a storm all over Europe. Yeah, they are. Well, everybody says yeah. that. Yeah. I don't see, I didn't see Chateau Lafitte going under screw cap. No. And I didn't see the DRC quickly the, rushing to put screw caps on, on I think it's, I think it's a good thing that people try and do because the more you try and do, the more we'll find our way, you know, see what no, works listen, and doesn't. There, there is a time and a place mm. for screw cap. You're going to the beach and you don't really want to take one of your corkscrews mm. with you. It's easy, but then well, I buy a box of wine. Mm. Hermetically well, sealed, it seals great, it better. Correct. <laughs> I'd rather have but, a box of wine. One of the, the great joys, I think, of wine is that it really has a way of jumping out the glass and straight into your emotions, you know, your mm. social um, rituals and things like that. So there's so much more involved in it than just opening a beverage and drinking it. Mm. Um, and there's some people that do just open it and drink it without thinking, and it is just, just happens to <laughs> I be... I know, my friends. <laughs> in the evening, you just have that screw cap bottle in the fridge. Are you or making box, dinner or, or yeah, whatever it is? It's so funny how you just open it and drink it. <laughs> On tap. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that when we talk about fine wine and 
what we aspire to be. There's, there's a whole bunch of those things that are so valid that you've just... Yeah, so uh, we're, we're of the same opinion. I mean, you don't want to be one of those wine people. Who, <laughs> I don't want to be one of those, but I am a bit of a purist and I do believe in cork being the best closure for anything ever. It's just a gorgeous product. Have you ever seen and smelt those cork trees? They're gorgeous. Mm. So cork is where it's at, but we digress. Amarim run a competition for um, Kaplasik in South Africa every year for 20-something years, and we've just... We've just seen the results of this year's one. So let's unpack them a little bit. Mm. Laboree one. Laboree. <laughs> unsung hero of the bubbly of the bubbly world I really in South so. Africa. Yes, yes. And we had a taste under, under the, the radar. <laughs> tell, tell me about the competition. So it was awesome. It is a fav- my favorite, favorite competition to judge um, because it's only Cup Classique. There's no sparkling. There's no other... Um, you know, wine with bubbles in it or whatsoever. Mm. It's only Cap Classique and it's also the one where the most entries are received. So this year we had a record entry, um, show of entries, which was 157, which is huge. Because it is a lot. If you ask How many have we got in the country? 257 really? at last platter count, yeah. Gosh, okay. But I wouldn't have said that many. No, but that's what I was going to say. Ask most people I think to name four. 10. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a big five. There's pongrats. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um, the, that is what's so exciting, is that I think that a lot of people are yet to discover how much there is to discover with Cap Classique. It's, Cap Classique is not just Cap Classique. Okay, um, so, yeah, you've got that little blue mm. light. You can do, <laughs> tell everybody, Cap Classique. Why is it no longer Method Cup Classique. Ah, oh, uh, let's tell deal just, with the big, the, M, tell the big M in the room. The swear word. <laughs> so... Um, in 1992, in Swaziland, the Kaplasik Producers Association was formed and they collectively decided to call a bottle fermented sparkling wine from South Africa a method Kaplasik, which was meant to describe the bottle fermented traditional way in which champagne is made, but referring to wines made in the Cape. Um, and with time, MCC has caught on. There's a lot of people who understand what MCC is, but go and Google MCC and you will find Melbourne Cricket Club. <laughs> you will find a weird cult in India, uh, but you don't get close to any reference to South Africa's most you know, proud um, bottle-fermented sparkling wines. So the Kaplasik Producers Association has really gone on a drive to... Um, change people's reference to the product and not call it method cup classique, which is how it's made, but call it cup classique. It's like with champagne, is that champagne is made in the method champenoise, but you don't find the champenoise referring to their product as method champenoise. So we um, are really advocating for people to call the product cup classique on wine lists, um, in reference to it on social media. Um, it is quite long to spell, <laughs> and it's not CC, <laughs> but it, it will do the category so much more um, so we can't call it CC anymore a CC oh, we don't call it we don't call CC. it CC no because we, we did call it MCC because they would be carbon copied <laughs> God's sake unless we offend somebody now you can't have to offend. be careful the good news is, is that with the MCC and Kapla Seek debate or method Kapla Seek is that you can't be wrong no it's so just, if I still say MCC matter. every now and again, then you're not, you're not going to disown me as a friend. No, no, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to disown you as a friend. 
<laughs> I know, but old habits die hard. I mean, it just it just I, took, it took I a long to be time. Careful! To... It's like being in the company of the Pope, and you, you can't swear, you know. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, do you know how long it took for us to to stop people calling it champagne? Mm. You know, so now mm. there's a real understanding of the difference between champagne and Cap Classique. Well, the champagne was started all of this bullshit in the first place. Oh, yeah. but Quite but, frankly, because champagne, as we know, is a region. So they were a little bit possessive of their region. And they said, you cannot call your, your bubble stuff champagne because it belongs to our region, which is geographical space of which we are very proud. And nobody else can call it that. We get that. Then the Portuguese started the same shit with port. Although I suppose it's it's it's, it's relevant. relevant because of the because of the natural conditions. So you just will never ever be able to grow. So what do we like grow? Grapes. We could have to, we could call ours Cape something or other. We could, if the if the Cutlassie producers decided on that. But remember as well that that's not a legislative so thing. So Cape is not Cape Classic. No, it's not. Oh, I've seen I've seen that, and I've seen Cap Classic as in a cup of classic. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not teasing anybody, and you can't get it wrong. As long as you've got bubbles in your glass, and it's our South African a, bottle for me. This is badly lines. organized. I know it's Monday morning, and we're not allowed to drink on Monday mornings. In fact, we're not allowed to drink from Monday to Friday. But this is very rare for you and me not to have a bottle of bubbly. <laughs> That's why we're talking over each other. I know. No, I know. It's a typical girl's gaggle. Carry on with your Amarim competition. So 157 entries is amazing. To give you an idea, other competitions, we only see about 30 to 40 entries. So it, it's a much bigger playing field. And over the years, it's grown and grown um, to a point where we, we decided then to, um, to ring fence the different styles of Cap Classique. So instead, other competitions, you'll taste them all together, whether it's a Blanc de Blanc, a, a, a Rosé, a Brut, um, a Demi Sec, all of them come at you at once. Whereas with the amount that's, that's um, presented in the Cap Classique challenge, we taste the Brut blends. So anything that's dry and made of two or more varieties. And it can be any variety, white. It can be any variety, Cup Classique. Well, not, not even white. You can have it in any color. Any color. And any red or white grape variety can be used to make Cup Classique. There is no, um, nothing that's prohibited. And for a good reason, because we don't know if we've discovered the best varieties. Of course, most of them are made out of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir because those are the ones that have Everyone proved told, yeah. work with mm. uh, by experience and by champagnes experience mm. we know work well but you know there could be other grapes that could be very interesting well there's a couple of Chenin Blancs that we like very much yep they that are. are sparkly yep we like those and, uh, and there's even some Sauvignon Blancs that they've sparkled Sauvignon Blanc Colombar Pinata, Shiraz Pinot Blanc I've got to speak to you about Colombar I think we've got to find another another use for Colombar <laughs> What? Other, Other than? than drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Or is that very rude? I, it's the same thing. I think that we, you know, unless we try, we'll never know. <laughs> so I think that the experimentation is adding to our experience and our discovery of what works and doesn't for us in South Africa. Yeah. Mm. What do you think works best in oh, South Africa so Chardonnay. far? <laughs> blanc de blanc. Yeah, Chardonnay by far. Well, that's definitely what, what the... the the evidence shows, you know, from what we see yes. um, over the years with Cup Classique. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, but mostly I think that 
our Chardonnay, you know, when handled correctly from the vineyard all the way through the cellar and given enough patience and time on the lees, it's certainly proving to deliver the most exquisite Cup Classiques. So now I think you've changed the rules, as you like to do. I've done nothing. What are the, <laughs> what are the rules surrounding um, the aging of bubbles in South Africa. So it took the Capitalistic Producers Association years to get it right, mm. but we've they've increased the, the minimum. <laughs> you see? Yeah, I'm, she very, did. I'm part she of the did family. I'm part now of the she's family. abdicating responsibility. <laughs> um, the, the minimum time on the lease is, has changed from nine months to 12 months. Okay, well, that's good. And that's a great step in the right direction. Um, because if you're going to go to the trouble of putting a bubble into wine by fermenting it again in the bottle, then you really do want some sort of influence from that yeast to shine mm. through. I mean, otherwise you might as well just go and carbonate it. Why waste your time? And that's the problem is that on the, on the entry level, on the lower end, we do see quite a few that are just very attractive, clean and bright, pretty. Have you got a category for those? Have you got a category for carbonated bubbles? No. No, 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 no. This is only only, only bottle fermented. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, but what we have done as well is, I think, three years ago, um, a lot of the, the the wines that are left on the lees for a brief amount of time, and I'm talking over twelve months, um, they were lost amongst the, the you know the real heavy hitters um, mm. and you know gorgeously aged wines. Yeah. So what we did is we separated. When we judge, we also separate the wines according to time on lees. So we first judge. Under 30 months on the lease, and then over 30 okay, months on the lease. That's fair. And then they come back together because they both have to, in, together in a class, have to um, prove their. Go into the mix, yeah. yeah prove their magnificence. So, so if you're looking for a bubbly, nice bubbly for Christmas, here's your list Lubbery Brut. Mm-hmm. It's just their straight brut. No, right? so their brut got a gold which is very good. So we also, amongst that, we had a record amount of double golds and golds. Mm. And that's because Tim Atkin had been here just before. (laughs) And we're all a bit sort of trigger happy when it comes to, hey, Timothy. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy and I sat in the studio for an hour talking nonsense and giggling one day. Yeah, right, yeah. Now, I'll tell you what is that um, the... His results were, I was very excited by them. The mm. other thing that you've got to, um, which gets a little bit tricky across, across the competitions, is the scoring bands are different, right? So Amarum, 90 to 93, so to 92.99, yeah. is a gold. And in other competitions, it's a silver. And mm. only 93 plus is a gold, mm. right? So um, in other competitions, it's double gold in this competition. Why are they from making 93. it so complicated? It's just a... It's, it's Do a, we need to take Joachim out for dinner? No, 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 no. It's a calibration of things. And, and to be honest, it's a standard way of scoring. It's, own, um, it's the Veritas um, scoring range. And it's kind of the, the best understood that 90 plus is gold. But I've always understood 90 plus to be gold. Mm. 80s were sort of silverish. Silver. Uh-huh. And sort of low 80s were bronze. High but 70s I think, were bronze. But I think some, thanks to the inflation of scores by other competitions, <laughs> just <I> not, <laughs> not, <laughs> is that I think that there was a need to etch it up in certain competitions. So yeah. 
in in effect, we got um, a record amount of twelve double golds, so twelve wines that scored over ninety three. Fabulous! And so, name was, a few so that the listeners know what to buy. Okay, so in the brute category, do I need to look them up on my computer because I don't remember them off my heart? Yeah, maybe you should. should so, but ninety three, I'll tell you because that's won. what the guys watch for. They like to know it's coming Christmas time. You talk in the meantime about who won and what, the, and there's Claudia that we need to speak about as well. Yes, so Claudia and, won. The brute category. Okay, talk to them. Um, but what we what we did this year as well that was different is that instead of all, um, a panel of five judges, we had panels of three judges, and we each panel of three judged the different classes. So the classes are the brute blends, the blanc de blancs, which can be made out of any white grape variety, but only white. Then there is the rosé category, the um, nectar category, and the extended aging category so we take special credence it used to be called the museum category but that sounds mm-hmm. very decrepit and old and something you look at and not enjoy so it retains the name of that extended age category um, and we took then three judges for each of those categories and we sifted through and the wines were given every opportunity to shine so all the, the high silvers were considered for golds before they were dis- you know they were dismissed um, and so the next day the second day all nine of us came together to judge the golds and the double golds so it's quite a rigorous sort very, of judging very very rigorous process and and it means that if you got a double gold there were three gatekeepers to getting there and yeah. four gatekeepers to the yeah, trophy so you wine. can know that if you're going to buy one of these things that we're talking to you about now it's really been sort of put through its put through its, through paces. its paces yeah. yeah and especially when you're talking about sparkling wine it's so different to um other wines when you judge it because not only does it heat up really fast you know so you've really got to be quite n- i like to taste them when they're warmer though well you have to but th- that's the thing because they change so, so you taste them when they're so freezing cold and by the time you've tasted 20 bubblies the nerve endings are sticking out of your gums <laughs> and out of the roof of your head many, and oh my god there's many um additional um, things that you have to consider with. So mm. the bubble obviously adds a different dimension. Mm. Acidity is high, so mm. if you're sensitive to that, it's very difficult to judge bubbly. Mm. Um, temperature is a thing. There's so much going on, and also bottle variation. Yeah. So about that as a result, variation. we have to be so thorough um, to make sure that the wines are tasted. There's one person tastes from, from one to yeah. you know, forwards, backwards, one forwards, forwards and inside, inside out. out. Mm. And we taste again how many, and again. How many judges did you have, Hyde? So there were nine in total. And then yeah. we had another three associates, which was Good. really great as well. Um, but the, the nine judges all very experienced bubbly tasters. Mm. Yeah. You need that. So listen, I've just had a look here now. Double gold blank de blank if you've got your pens. Or you can also all go online, but just to give you an idea. Simon's a Cuvée Royale. Oh, We're so happy because that's the granddaddy yeah, of bubbles. And that's the 18. And the other thing I love about that is that it was, um, it's one of the first ones where Johan changed the style. So instead of being very, very rich and oxidative. Wasn't Johan's father or grandpa or somebody was one of the first? Hey? He was the first. He was the first yes. bubbly man in South Africa. Yeah. So how nice is that? That's how we call him, the Fonkelfader. The Fonkelfader. <laughs> and you can't get that wrong when you've had too much to do. It could come out terribly. Oops. He's so nice though, isn't he? Um, so there's Simon's Cuvée Royale 2018 Blanc And we love Blanc So just to remind people who don't know, and I'm not trying to be patronizing in any way here, but 
Blanc de Blanc is white. just Chardonnay. White from what? No, it can it's be white Chenin. from white. It, it can, can be. Sh- can it be Chenin it can be anywhere any in France? No, no, only here. Yeah, here. For Cap yeah, yeah. So Blanc de Blanc across the world. If you if you order a bottle of Blanc de Blanc bubbles in anywhere, you're drinking bubbling Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's white from white, white wine from white grapes. Then there's Graham Big Blanc de Blanc 2018. We like that mm-hmm. because, as we say, Peter Ferreira. Outstanding. Go a long way yeah. to find better bubbly. Newstead Blanc de Blanc. I was so surprised to see this yeah. result. Newstead, I had a home in Plettenberg Bay for many, 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 many years. And I I really wanted to support the wine industry in Plet. In Plet. That was, listen, that was quite a long time ago, the last time I went there. But... I didn't think they were ever going to make brilliant oh, wine. No, you know what? You, you know what I love about Amarum as well is it really is a great platform for the um, you know the outliers to really present themselves. To shine, and yeah. when they do, they really, really mm. do. So that's what happened with Domaine de Deux, Claudia, um, and Newstead as well. So Newstead won in twenty twenty. Um, and it was the first competition that entered, and it was the 2015 that won. Wow. And every single year they have featured with a trophy since then, so all three years. Um, and they're consistently performing. Uh, they, and all this tasting's done blind, hey? All blind. And the other thing is, I mean, we, we, it is made by Anton Small, who used to make wine at Valera, who mm. really does, he, he, knows knows a, his stuff. he knows a thing or two about bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the time on Lee's, and it is just so pure and so edgy and well, so Well, I tasted gorgeous. it with you yes. the night, and it's really very impressive. So, so the 2016 day. is the one that got a double gold in the Blanc de Blanc category, and the, 20, uh, the, 20, the 2017 17. got a double gold. Yes. And the 2016 one. The extended age category. Yeah. Mm. So Newstead is something, if you haven't tasted before, I don't know how. It's very difficult to get hold of yeah, in Joburg. I don't think they um, sell a lot in Johannesburg. And you can, you can get it off their website. And I, yeah, I or think maybe. It, Go and have a look. Mm. It's something interesting. It's something new. And that's what I think these competitions are brilliant at. Yes. Because we do all the hard work for you. And you just have to look at the results and go and. So that's new set something to look at. <laughs> it's exquisite. Then yeah. Lormeron Blanc de Blanc. I just want Lormeron to do well because mm. I love Johan Rupert. He does his stuff for the wine industry. Mm. He really does. I don't know what he does anywhere else and I don't care. But for the wine industry, he's just been amazing. And Lormeron is one of the most beautiful properties in the Cape. Beautiful. It's just gorgeous. If you haven't been, go. It's just, and we love bear. Yeah. <laughs> we love bear. Yeah, bear is busy competing for South Africa and France in the South African wine. I know he's showing off. I don't yeah. know. I told him it's <laughs> unbecoming to show off. We don't like show but off. But Zani is an, a very talented winemaker who's really, yeah, really no, coming into her own. And, um, We're lucky to have them. And it's made at, you know, what was previously Grand Bay Coastal Cellar. That's quite right. Um, yeah. And the cellar facilities are fantastic. And the, the biggest thing about Lomoran is it always gives you such a fantastic return on time. Mm. They keep everything from their very basic entry-level bubbles um, on the lees for way longer than they need to. And, and when you've got a couple of hundred billion in the bank, you can. And the private cuvee is something that you – it's it, – didn't feature here, but it's something to also look out for. And that Lomarang bubbly, I love it. Mm. I honestly, I just think we're very, very fortunate to have to have the Ruperts in the wine industry with us and all the support that they've got. And they just lovingly pour back into the thing and <coughs> just 
all this gorgeous stuff comes out. We <laughs> love it. From Protea, which is produced by the billion <laughs> bottle in wherever, to their brut. By the Loma on Blanc de Blanc, it's nice wine. Double gold brut, my hearty hearts. But can we just talk a little bit more about the, the Labery, that one? Yes. Mm. Tell everybody about it. So that one, you know, it it really does. It's it's one of those ones that's around, but it's it it flies under the radar, and the value for money is off the charts. Well, it doesn't brag. It's not one of those. It's not one of those big braggart brands that says, Mm. "I'm me myself." You know, look at me and pound its chest. It quietly sits on the shelf, and you look at it and you think, "Labori." Hell, when last did I drink a Laborie? You know, who, who was Laborie again? But it does, look, it performs consistently. If you look at it, no, featured no. at the Trophy Wine Show this year. And the, this is the 2017 vintage. The last time Laborie actually won the whole competition was in 2010 uh, with their 2000 vintage. So, so they definitely have pedigree and, mm, and they have a track record. And sometimes we forget a little bit about them. And their whole range performed. Even their, their rosé got gold, their non-vintage oh, really? got gold. You know, so, so they, no, they performed across the range. Except if you one. can get that 2017 Blanc de Blanc. You won't get it. Oh, my goodness. You're going to have to find the farm. You're going to have to beg and plead and say Heidi said. They have moved on to the 2018 oh, no, vintage. That's why right, you're not going to get but it. But the <laughs> thing is, is that going back 2018, I back it. I back it. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. So, double gold brut. Simon Sikharps of Fongo. 2019. 2019 has mm. to be one of the most famous bubbly labels mm. in the country, hey? Cops of Funkel? Yes, no, completely, the original. Um, and th- the thing with um, Cops of Funkel is it's such a banker, mm. is you cannot go wrong if you buy a Cops of Funkel. I prefer it a little bit aged because they, they're too. on the 21 vintage now. Yeah. And they have what's called a vintage day often, and they'll bring out yes. library wines. And that is where you really see how beautiful the wines get as they mm. as they have a little mm. bit of age on it. The, the, this wine is bottled under the cork. entry level, <laughs> and it is the one that is um, completely intended for immediate drinking. Mm. You know, but the thing is, if you can scroll away a few do bottles, we know how it gets many better. Bottles your hand makes. I don't yeah. No. I want to find out for you because I think it's rude amounts of that stuff. <laughs> it's rude amounts, and if you think. We'll give you a quick race through how you make bubbly. Heidi will do it for you in a minute. <laughs> and I can, but I talk too much. So <laughs> the way you do it is labor intensive and passion um, intensive, time intensive, mm-hmm. and very capital intensive. Experience. So the capital that has to go in, and most of the time, you're not getting a return on your investment for a good six or seven years. No. Yeah. But we'll do the making in a minute. Pongrass Desiderius. Yeah. Ah. 2015, I think, was it? 2015. Yeah. Pongrass. But the Desiderius. It's, it's you've Desiderius got, in that bottle that looks like it actually should be filled with bubble bath. Yes. It's in the, the clear bottle that's always got the um, yellow cellophane mm. around it. Mm. Look, you know, that, that's another one that you overlook a lot of the time as being quite ordinary and everyday. But well, we thought, you know, mm. distill, mm. massive production, run-of-the-mill, blah, blah, blah. One competitions all over the world, that one. Completely. And, and Scintilla, that yeah, also yeah. features. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous yeah. one. So, Tongras Desideris, Grandbeck Cuvée Clive. Uh, so that that really did, I think it was the Brute, yes. So Claudia won with a 2017 vintage. 
uh, that's demanded her. And that was just a hair's breadth away from Cuvée Clive. Who is Clive at the end of the day? Clive is... Um, oh, we know. Does Cl- Anne know about Clive? <laughs> <laughs> Anne is Peter Ferreira's wife. Yes. No, <laughs> Why is he laughing? Clive is, um, was Graham's son. Uh, Graham's son? Mm, Graham Beck's son. The one that died? Yes. Okay. Got it. I've just remembered that story. Yeah. And it is that one is our South Africa's... I know. Dom Perignon. Yeah, yeah. it is. I mean, it is. It's the most exquisite complex. It's expensive, though. You're going to pay lots of money for that. Yeah, but still, only, well, only about as much as you pay for a bottle of champagne entry level. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say. The return on value, yeah, the value mm. return is out mm. off the charts. Yeah. Then double gold extended aging, Lawrenceford Cuvée. One two four two oh double one two four twenty eleven. What the hell is that? One twenty four. One hundred and twenty four months on the lease. Yes. Really? Yes. One hundred and twenty four months wow. on the lease. It's a very very interesting wine, and it's amazing how it stood the test of time. Interesting. Um, Did you like it? Uh, well, I must have because I was on the panel. No, listen, you cannot like something and rate it because it's um, technically perfect. Yes, yes, it's it's a very interesting and it, it really the the life in it is astounding for is it? its time. Well, I must just say, the other night Heidi had a, a thing at uh, the Andaba Hotel Tasting. to which I was invited. <laughs> yes, to which I was invited of some of these wines. <laughs> And I tasted a couple of them, and I was very blown away by the freshness of all those wines. Mm. Some of them old. Mm-hmm. Some of them really had very been lying old. about there. They're aging mm. a lot better than you and me. <laughs> and they, 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 don't, more of them. they don't go to the Mass Beauty Salon every month either. <laughs> they, they're aging well. Um, and they're so, fresh. Purity of fruit, clean, mm. nice. The extended age category, you've got to have your wine on the lease for at least seven years. So 2016 was the youngest in that category. Mm. And the category was won by Newstead, which was a 2016. Mm. But there were some spectacular wines that ring from Philip Jonker, mm. which was 2013. Now, Beautiful the other wine. Night, that was the one that... The uh, other night, I was so looking forward to tasting that ring mm. because I remember when that wine was first made and I rated it as one of the top bubblies in South Africa. And I tasted it the other night, and I don't know if it was just the bottle or not, but it was a bit sort of disappointing to me. I also think it was after what we've we've had. Do you think preceding it? Yeah, because it really is. It's it's also it should got have been much so better than that. Much complex. You know, um, I just have so much respect for those ones because it's exactly what you said. Is that you know every year I get up and I sound like I am a stuck record because I keep on saying is that Kaplasik is on an amazing trajectory. It's mm. the best it's ever been. Mm. Uh, we've got a record amount of entries, got a record <laughs> amount of medals. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Is that just your head? Who's yeah. paying you to say this? How yeah. many bubbles have you had in you? <laughs> but it's really, really true is with experience and time has come so much more understanding mm. and also unique expression, you know. Yeah. But some of those wines that we were talking about then are the wines that are showing themselves now in almost like I told you so, you know, Um, and I really have so much respect for the work that's been done, especially by the producers who dedicate, you know, who dedicated to Kaplasik. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely a it's, an ex- it's, it's a very expensive horse to back. Yeah. It's a, I see Ken Forrester's sparkle horse. Got a gold. Yes. How gorgeous is that? Yeah. That man. Everything he touches. Let's look through here. So if you want to, of these, hide, hide. I've got a friend called Heidi, Heidi. 
I've got so many. One in every port. Uh, why many in every port? Um, old Man's Bend. No, Crotopost. Yes. Have you tasted the bubbles from the Crotopost, boys? Yes. And darling? Yes. They were absolutely extraordinarily mm. nice. Really nice. You, you grab a couple of cases of those. You shoot up the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You rent one of those little cottages. <laughs> you go like this in the sand in the morning and the oysters come up and you have oysters and bubbles. It's gorgeous. Yeah. You have to, oh, you have to go and do that. Yes. Hey? Absolutely. That's what you've got to do. So you've got to go on And then to the rosé. We yes. just need to talk about it. Talk about the rosé. I love pink bubbles. Pink bubbles are lovely. They're the ones that you drink with your eyes before you drink with your mouth. Um, but it's all over the place. So it's not bad. It's just you don't know what to expect. If Very you actually ask yeah. me what does the typical what is a typical style for a rose cup classic, I wouldn't be able to tell you. You know, they, the colours are all over the place, the yeah. the expressions, the great varieties used are, are all different. However, there are there are really, really good wines that are being made. And this year also a very unexpected um, wine, Louis Vale, their non vintage. Louis Vale. When last yeah. did we we used to drink Louis Vale Chavant was the only yeah. wine. I don't even know who owns Louisville anymore. It's like flying seriously under the radar. But they, they, they showed their rosé is very lovely. Real raspberries and cream. See, that's um, what Obvious it's... time on the lees and very fresh and, and delightful. You said if you were to say what is rosé bubbly supposed to be, that's where I think we need to take our direction from France because they really do make beautiful rosé bubbly. They we do, do too. Mm-hmm. But raspberries and cream is exactly what I would have said. Mm-hmm. You've got to have that gorgeous, gorgeous, quite strong rose, uh, raspberry on red the fruit. Red yeah. fruit, red yeah. ripe red fruit with that on the creaminess. nose. Strawberries mm. and raspberries with that lovely creamy mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Oh, we want that. We definitely want that. So, <laughs> what what roses did you award before you went to the second round of judging or the final round of judging? Were there any awards handed out to roses? Yes, yes, yes. There were a couple of golds, and Louisville got a gold, so that okay. got the trophy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And there was some also. There was another interesting one that I tasted um, subsequently called Hidden Valley Rosé. I really enjoyed that wine. Um, Hidden Valley makes some nice mm-hmm. wine, but they they sort of specialise in pinotage and stuff. Was it bubbly made out of pinotage? I actually don't know. I'm not sure. But don't they have to stipulate? We know nothing about these. Not one thing. We don't know the grape varieties. We don't know the vintages. Oh really? We don't know the regions. Uh, we get given. The, the wine's completely blind. All we know is if it's spent under 30 months on the lease or over 30 months on yeah. the lease, and we know the category. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> cheers to you and your panel and to Amarim, South Africa, yeah. for sort of supporting us the way they do. It's very worth your while to go online. Just pop onto the Amarim. <laughs> it's A-M-O-R-I-M, Amarim um, Challenge. And all the results are there, and you know with certainty that you can buy any one of those bubblies and love it. There wasn't, a, just before we finish on that, there wasn't an ultra brute that came in anywhere, was there? No, a lot of them were ultra brutes. They're were just they? not labeled as ultra brute. Most of them are actually under three grams per liter. The, the um, Laborie was around seven, so it's a brute brute, um, but a lot of the Blanc de Blancs are under three. Yeah, or under five. That's when least. I start sneaking around the, the demisex shelf. Oh, you, because not... I like I like ultra brute, but if I want to brush my teeth, I'll use toothpaste. Mm-hmm. So those are so fresh and the acid is so high on those wines that you honestly can brush your teeth with them. But there's, I think that you'll find within the winners, there's a really nice spread of 
inner yes. styles, as in there's there's definitely those those rich guanglais, you know, those rich mm, um, mm. nutty. That's if, what I like. If Bollinger, you, I want yeah, Bollinger. If, in my if mind. you like that style, there's definitely that represented. If you like um, a more crisp, clean, tighter version, uh, then you'll find that too. And mm. you know, Claudia for me is a beautiful balance of both of those. Mm. Those, you know, the. That that um, Kapla Seek to me is one of the definitive. Uh, Claudia, yeah, it's won five times. It's due Domain. Yeah. No, 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 it's Domain de Deux. Domain de Deux. Domain de Deux. in the Himmel and Arda Valley, and um, you know Megan's um, husband is the viticulturist, so that vineyard is spectacular, and whatever they're doing with their bubbles, they're doing right. Yeah, um, and. But, but but don't get confused because Claudia is in a green bottle and it's got um, a pinkish label and a lot of people think it's rosé. Rosé. And it's, it's got a pink foil on the top yeah, as well, sort of I a, think. a rose gold. So it looks like it. But you know what? Even if you make a mistake and you buy a rosé one by mistake, drink both of them. Yeah. They're oh, both nice. But, but invite Claudia for, for Christmas. Claudia <laughs> for good. Christmas. Yeah. Claudia with turkeys and... It's, uh, it's outstanding. Hey? Yeah. Okay. But you know, the, the nice thing as well is that... Um, this, this, uh, I mean, we could speak about this for two hours or even longer. Yeah. If we had bubbles here, <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't stop. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the collaboration that the Cape Wine Academy now has with the Cup Classique Producers Association, where we launched the Cup Classique Academy, um, that is really doing so much good in spreading the joy of Cup Classique and how much it has to offer. So that first star course, we've, we've had now over 250 first stars. Have you? Yes. And we're getting ready to launch the second level, which is the Rising Star in April next year. And that is going to delve into these different categories. So you'll be able to really understand how... um, you know, these different styles are emerging in South Africa and the mm. different styles within the mm. styles. But the, the common golden thread is time. Those um, producers who take, have, who take the patience to just wait until they, their wines are really presenting um, with a perfect balance and complexity. Exact balance, I know. Because, yeah. you know, especially with those things that require time like that, and there's a very special magical thing about yeast i mm. like yeast mm. and i've always said when i'm old <laughs> i'm gonna spend some time i'm gonna do a, a white paper or a doctorate or a thesis or something on yeast because i think yeast is magic stuff mm. and i think that it is one of the single biggest contributors to good wine mm-hmm. sparkling still mm. everything mm-hmm. yeast, yeast 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 you have to be careful what you use these am i telling you this whole long story about yeast it's another <laughs> God sakes, I don't know. What were we talking about? Yeah, we were talking about learning learning more. There's so much to About learn. learning more. Mm. But, but uh, oh, oh, the yeast, what it does to the wine in that bottle while it's undergoing. We haven't even told them about how you make this stuff. <laughs> oh, that's, where, that's first our courses for that. <laughs> yeah, that's first our. You've got to go on one of Heidi's courses. But um, so the wine undergoes what we call a second fermentation inside the bottle. Um, and it's as a result of that yeast and it's as a result of all of that that you leave it and it lies on the little yeasty cells that are all now supposedly dead and dying, they're dormant. I think they're still injecting their Botox into that wine <laughs> for a long time. And that's what ends up giving this wine this resultant golden 
colour and that toastiness. Well, more, more, that, the, more the toastiness and the, the, the autolysis is the what they call it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's the creaminess, the richness, the yeah. nuttiness, the toastiness. Yeah. It's something so, that's And the balance. And the balance. Well, it's complexity. It's complexity that yeah. comes. So you don't end up opening a bottle of wine that's, I always say, it's like puppies in a pillowcase. So the acid's here and the fruit's there and the oak's there and mm. the yeast is there. And you know what I mean? It's all gone together nicely inside the bottle. So these things are all going to be delicious and it is coming Christmas time and you're going to go on si- online <laughs> and have a look. But now I'm trying to get to this Cape Wine Academy. The mm-hmm. Cape Wine Academy is about 40-something years old, I think. 43. 43. And it's, yes. become, it's become pretty much part of the skeleton of the South African wine industry and it's been run by several people over the 43 years of its existence and it's been funded by different people over the 43 years of its existence and we're forever grateful to whomever (laughs) puts their hand in in their pocket because it's a very meaningful thing Mm -hmm. because as with anything knowledge honestly is power and and you cannot be stripped of anything not racially not sexually not Nothing. <laughs> they can't discriminate against you at all if you're clever. So just be cleverer than everybody and you won't be picked on, you know. <laughs> End of story. And we just need to make sure that everybody is as educated as they possibly can be. And Heidi works long, hard, amazing <laughs> hours towards making that happen. She's making all kinds of changes within the, in, within the academy. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope not too many of these. Which days, <laughs> you can tell us about. Mm. And I would... Personally, um, recommend that if you're even vaguely interested in wine, there's a course to sort of fit any person's desires within the industry. If you don't want to become one of us, I hope we're not ever deemed to be one of those wine geeks. <laughs> wine bores. That I don't want to be any crashing, geek. crashing bore. You just don't want to be a bore. Don't want to be that. <laughs> but there are there are courses that go from. What's your shortest course? The South African wine course. It's just a it's few. Just, it's just three days. hours. On a, no, three hours. Three hours. Two. So it's your it's your thing. You tell them what's mm. available and how you do it and where they get hold of you and all that sort of. It's really worthwhile, guys. Well, the thing the thing about um, learning about wine is the more you learn, the more you want to learn. So if you've mm. got the vaguest curiosity um, and you want to just just like be more conversant at a dinner party or else, you know, just ask questions that you've always wondered about. Um, it really is worth seeking out because it, it does become, it's very contagious um, and it really is something that you want to know more and more about. Otherwise, you, you take from it what you want and then you just, yeah, you know, you enjoy wine as a, a simple beverage, which is also fine. But um, the thing is that the more you know about it, the more we get South Africans to appreciate, first of all, what we have in our own country, mm. as well as in the context of the rest of the world, as well as um, responsibly. So what the Cape Wine Academy's greatest uh, mission is, is to teach people about South African wine. Mm. And that's what makes us different to the other things that you can learn about. You can go, yeah, and, about you can go to the South African Sommeliers Association and through various means you can learn about service or you can go to the Wine and Spirit Education Trust and learn about global wine. Um, but what makes us really really um, unique is that we specialize in South African wine within a global context and within a hospitality scene. Um, So it's really important to us to spread the love of South African wine, to keep the narrative going and the correct narrative Mm. and to make people just really appreciate what South Africa has to offer. 
So there's a core journey, which starts with the South African wine course, which is a bit like a Tinder date. You know, you're interested, but you're not sure how interested you are. You go on this date. and that's... I don't know which way you're supposed to swap. Do you swap right for yes, no for left? I don't know. But swap it's... right, guys. I think, Ben, and what do you swap? Ben is pretending he doesn't know. But Just go does. the right way. <laughs> and then uh, the next level is the certificate wine course that gets a little bit more crunchy um, and you get more into the regions and uh, you have an exam. You have a tasting exam and a written exam. And then you can go into the diploma level course, which you should do over how two long years. Is, oh, I was going to say, how long is the diploma? It used to be diploma one and diploma two. Yes. Now is it still, still like that? It's still over two years, but it's in four parts. So you, so you can break them into modules. Correct. And you can do it over, you can actually do it over five years, but most people do it over two. And if you really, really want to, um, you know, rise to the top, then that's when you do Cape and you come Wine and sit Master. In, you come and sit in here with you and me for half an hour. Yeah. You did the Cape Wine Master program afterwards, which that's the Institute of Cape Wine Masters. Cape Wine Academy facilitates the exams for them. And you get five years and to do that. That's a tough program. I was going to say, how long does that take? You, you get five years to complete it. And that includes a thesis? Correct. Well, there's four written exams. There's four tasting exams. There's a, a dissertation and there's a presentation. And that also includes brandy, hey? In, includes brandy and mm. it's all distilled products. Mm. Yes. Mm. So it, it's, it's a very challenging program. And, mm. you know, for the, it really does appeal to anybody who really does like to interact with wine on a cerebral level. Um, but, you know, you've got to start with South African Baby wine course and then, get, go up. Yeah. and then, of course, we have our short courses, which are things like faulty wine workshops, brandy workshops, um, and, you know, smaller courses, food and wine. Um, and then we also have the Cup de Seek Academy. Mm, mm. Um, but recently we um, found a home. I'm so happy. Where is our home. new home? Where is our it? home is in Stellenbosch. And it's in, of course it is. <laughs> well, the Cape Wine Academy had to exist in the Cape first. Right? All the money's in Johannesburg, <laughs> darling. But it's coming, coming, coming. We're looking for We're a home in Joburg. We're not come down to Cape Town to come and help you but there. But the, um, our new home has really given us such a, a great um, place in order to teach, to share, and to experience wine. So we Where have in Stelis are you? It's in the Odeposkantur. So it's in um, a very traditional building oh, but it's okay. been restored and it's on the first floor and we have regular courses as well as tastings so are you and moving experiences. to Stellenbosch now? I'm practically there. <laughs> uh, is that most people in Stellenbosch think I'm there already uh, no it's imminent it's imminent I've just got to get my my um, last last child. Say, the child went down to university as soon as the next one goes I'm sure you've gone <laughs> I think you might find me there it's also not, not a shabby place to be. So there are any amount. There's a very clean, Heidi-like, clean and tidy and efficient um, web page here. I'm looking for you on the Cape Wine Academy's website. And it tells you exactly and clearly how you can do this thing and how you can make yourself a little bit more interesting and a little bit more interested in wine. Um, and it's not wildly expensive either. It's a fabulous hobby. Mm. Believe me, I turned my hobby into a job and I've had fun for oh, 35 years, yeah. hey, haven't it, we? If for anyone who's doing it professionally, <coughs> it definitely can open doors. Mm. Um, and we have, the, you know, our, our um, byline is that everyone's welcome. As long as you're 18, <laughs> everyone's welcome. Um, 
And so I really do believe that if you want to learn about wine, you need to just speak to me um, mm. because we do, you know, we're a nonprofit. So we do have. I think we need to change that. We Who wants a nonprofit organization? Well, Why would you want that, Heidi? Because we, we want to make wine education <laughs> yeah. accessible. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I'm, we want to make wine ex- education accessible. And we really want to be able to put whatever profit we do make back into that and to grow the love of wine and mm. the responsible consumption because we don't want to lose our jobs again, ever again. No, and we've got, uh, we've got a massive drinking problem in South Africa. We really, really mm. do have a massive, massive drinking problem in South Africa. It's one of my things. I'm going to speak to those boys in government and change the legal drinking limit. Mm-hmm. You can only get drunk when you're 21. <laughs> Well, At least you voted by then sober. Because I think that's half our problem. Everybody's voting drunk in South Africa. What do you think? It's an interesting take You on know me and my theories. Heidi. <laughs> well, that's why you need Cut Classic. Hi, Cut Classic is another thing I was going to tell you. Low in alcohol, low in sugar. It is the perfect alcoholics drink. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to get fat and you're not going to get drunk in a hurry. Well, so if you're trying to be good, if you're trying not to drink too much or get too fat from alcohol, <laughs> bubbly is what you drink. Well, the, the bubble does get the alcohol into your bloodstream quicker. Faster, so so less, <laughs> less of it does the job. Less of it does the job. <laughs> there's no reason not to like it. Honestly, there's uh, no reason not to like it. What did uh, Napoleon? Not Napoleon. No. Uh, he was defeat and war and whatever. Yeah. It was the damn in victory you've earned it, and in defeat you need it. No, that Madame was Winston Churchill, wasn't it? Or was it no, Bonaparte? no, that was that was Napoleon. No, no. Madame Clicquot wasn't she the one who said no, she drinks it when is, she's happy? She's Madame drinking. Oh, Bollinger. Madame Lily Bollinger. Bollinger. Yeah. No, yeah. she drank it all the time. All the time. And in, interestingly <laughs> enough, before we stop rabbiting on, one of the things that I love about about champagne or bubbly is that it's. It's been a wonderful vehicle for many women in our industry mm-hmm. to drive. Mm-hmm. And if you have a look at the history of bubbles in France, most of the beautiful champagne houses, not only driven, but were a result of a powerhouse. Were the result of a powerhouse of a woman <laughs> behind them. So it's just, for me, it's a very feminine sort of a product i know we're not allowed to say that but i do say whatever i want to say here (laughs) because it's my show and it is feminine but it's like it's like savannah huh it's dry but you can drink it (laughs) (laughs) i I thought you meant uh no (laughs) it's waiting for some ghastly thing to come out of my mouth but you know i think the most important thing is like if you think about sitting around at at lunch table with friends or with family and you're having wine that's very nice but when you open a bottle of bubbly i mean it changes the whole becomes an occasion so Mm. i just i just love it because it's fun and it 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 jumps out the glass and into your heart and so many of our our rituals in life are you know um emotionally driven emotionally attached Mm. to um sparkling wine or champagne or cut classique um so it's just it it's it it really is a landmark of all the best moments in your life. It is. If you but make it, it happen. Also doesn't have to, <laughs> it doesn't have to only denote excellence, although it normally does. Excellence or celebration mm-hmm. is always marked by champagne or bubbly. 
but just turn every day into a bubbly day. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, every day can be a celebration if you keep a bottle in your fridge. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. Heidi, you are the queen of bubbles in South Africa. Oh, I, I love you. Thank you for coming. It's such a pleasure. Thank We've you got for bottles being here. and ice waiting to happen. We got, <laughs> we got so many things to celebrate. Yeah. Thank you for coming. It's such a it's pleasure. It's been Thank fabulous. You for and your guys, invitation. honestly, the, the winners of the Amarim thing do take cognizance of them because I know that you'll all find at least one that you want to put on your Christmas table or your whatever table it is that you celebrate at the end of the year. So go and have a look at that. And then pop onto the Cape Wine Academy website too because it's got loads of things to do that you can, that can brighten your life and, and make you feel cleverer and nicer next year. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Kate.